Welcome to Tucson New Thought. When I look for music to do each week, it's an interesting experience because, first of all, I have to think about, well, what is the message that I want to offer? And I always like to try to tie in the song of the week, the special song of the week, with whatever it is I'm going to talk about. And here's why this song called out to me. And I, and I've ne- I have never performed this song ever. And it's a song by my friend Karen Mitchell, Reverend Karen Mitchell, um, who is a great New Thought musician. And if you have an opportunity to go look, check her out online, she has a lot of great stuff. Um, what really appealed to me about this song is that it's written in the past tense. The song's have been sung, we've, we've, you know, what is, what is it? <laughs> uh, the truth has been spoken, the message received, like we've taken it all in, right? It's in the past tense. And that's important to me this week because as we have talked about new beginnings, new beginnings become past tense, right? And so what is the next thing and the next thing and the next thing? What is the determining factor we are looking for to stop working at spirituality and just live. What is that determining factor where we get to say, you know what, I've sung the songs, I've done the treatments, I've done this, I've done this, I've done, I've done the work. When are we gonna start living the results instead of thinking we constantly have to be doing the work? The words have been spoken, the songs have been sung, now what? Now what? This whole month, in my heart, I've carried the theme of new beginnings with me. And every every day, I've had an opportunity to experience new beginnings. Now what? What if, in our desire to be spiritual, we are shoulding ourselves. What if we are shoulding ourselves? I should be more centered. I should be more peaceful and calm in all my circumstances. I should be non-reactive and unflappable. What if we're shoulding all over ourselves? (laughs) I think it's time to let go of that. I think it's time to truly understand that we can live life with all the messiness that comes with living life, but know that there is a process that we can move through to step into a peaceful and calm resolution, even though life may be in chaos sometimes. Because while we are shoulding ourselves, we also are shouldn'ting ourselves. I shouldn't get angry. I shouldn't be annoyed. I shouldn't be depressed. I shouldn't be bored. I shouldn't be selfish. I shouldn't be impatient. There are a lot more shouldn'ts than there are shoulds. Interesting that that's how we approach life. What are the things I shouldn't do so that I can live a spiritual life? Do you, on any level, feel like you have taken on this identity that these are hallmarks for spiritual living? That I must be centered, peaceful, calm, resolute, 
non-reactive, unflappable, that I'm always in the flow of spirit. We are, here's the deal. We are always in the flow of spirit no matter what that flow looks like because a river can be torrential as well as it can be calm and peaceful. So let us go with the flow rather than actually trying to go against the flow, which I think we do all the time. Going against the flow is thinking I shouldn't get angry. You know what? I get angry. I know. I get angry. What this philosophy has taught me is that there is a path towards addressing that anger in a healthy way rather than allowing it to dominate my life in a way that becomes unhealthy and has me retract into the circumstances of my life thinking that those are the important things. And you know what happens when we do that? We get physical ailment. I, I, I fully believe this. I fully believe this. I have seen it happen again and again and again and again in so, many, in so many iterations with so many people I know. But mostly we end up seeing this and thinking, oh, well, yeah, I, I get that. I understand that. I see that. But we see it in retrospect. So why not allow ourselves to live in new beginnings, get ahead of the curve and say, I don't need to see it in retrospect. I understand it now. And I get to do something about whatever is coming through my life. We are divine revelation. We are divine revelation. We are a center of creation. There is no separation. We cannot be more spiritual than we are right now in this moment. So here's my question. Do you feel spiritual? Do you feel spiritual in this moment, right here, right now? Do you feel spiritual? Yes? Well, I see some no's. There are some no's. I'm not going to point anybody out. I think we have, well, well, I certainly have in my life confused spirituality with emotional suppression, and I choose not to do that any longer. I will, I refuse to allow myself to think that anger is not something that I should experience. I refuse to allow myself to think that fear is not something I should experience. What I know is that as I experience those things, I have tools. What would your life feel like? What would your life feel like if you truly accepted that God, as you, blew an emotional gasket once in a while? I believe, I believe, the most spiritual response to any situation that we can have is ownership of our feelings. To me, that is the most spiritual response we can have. I have had a disagreement with somebody recently, and rather than stepping into making it their fault, which is me trying to get them to own my feelings, I need to step back and say, I recognize that there's a conflict here. I get to own my feelings around this, and I cannot put them upon anybody else. Perhaps I get upset with something. Just like I talked about last week, something happened to me. I went into that shame spiral. I descended into that shame spiral. Ugh. The shame spiral was no less spiritual than the loving resolution on the other side of that shame spiral. It's all spirit. What I did is I took the time and I used the tools. The ultimate practice at the end of the day for me is non-judgment. 
that shame spiral for me was about judging myself. The upset I had with a friend this week was about me judging myself. Stepping away from that, the ultimate practice of non-judgment is allowing the resolution, knowing that there's another side. So that's the number one, now what? Now what, right? Now what? We've begun, now what? That's number one. We get to break the cycle. We are in charge, each and every one of us, of breaking the cycle of self-defeating thoughts through acceptance and action. That's how we break that cycle. So use the tools, use meditation, use prayer, use affirmation, use whatever speaks to your soul as a spiritual practice to move gracefully through those times when God blows an emotional gasket by means of you. If we feel wronged, show compassion. If we feel judged, show understanding. If we feel rejected, show acceptance. Let us be compassion. Let us be understanding. Let us be acceptance. Because when we do that, when we do that, life just gets better. Gets more fun. I want my life to be fun. And so I look for the fun in all things. I used to joke with my friend. I had a roommate when I was living in Los Angeles. And we would joke all the times about these, like when God would blow an emotional gasket by means of us, we would joke about the fact that, well, that's God's expression by means of us. And, you know, who are we to stop that? Who are we to stop that? There is room for all expression. That's why God is infinite. If we felt there was no room for all expression, then we, would be, we are actually then trying to limit the divine. We are trying to limit that which is unlimited. We are trying to limit that which is infinite. We can't. And so it's okay. It's okay to feel the feelings. It is okay to have the upset. It is okay to have the anger. And know that you have tools to move through it to the other side. We do this by taking charge of our life, by living in self-reliance, by living in self-actualization. That's what I believe that means. That's what I believe it means. So that was the number one, now what, this week. The number two, now what, if we've begun, the number two, now what, is this. It's about service. I'm going to get a little critical of spiritual centers. My experience of many New Thought spiritual centers is that they are insular. And I don't want to be insular. Do you know what that means? Okay. It means that we work within, we look within, we're always like keeping our walls and we don't really go out. Because here's the deal. We create these sanctuary spaces because it makes us feel safe. And that's okay. That is okay. I want this center to be a center and a community that actually supports and goes out and does stuff in the world from the spiritual perspective. Because we have begun a beautiful thing here in a new space. Now what? My father was supposed to leave town on Tuesday. 
and uh, there were some, I had to run an errand to go up to Oro Valley to pick up some stuff. And he had, a move, he had driven here in a moving van. He lives in LA. Um, he, so I asked him if I could use the moving van and did it, got in the van, made my way up. This is a very long roundabout way of, of this, telling you the story, but I'm, I'm gonna tell it all because it was humorous to me. So in his moving van, he has a key that goes into the fuel cap. So you have to have the key to unlock the fuel cap to be able to put gas in the van. So he says, here's the keys. I get the keys. I go in the van, and he's you know, down at Alvernon and Broadway, and I am going to go fill up the gas tank, but I wait till I get to River and, no, uh, River and First. And I'm up at River and First, and I get out, and I look at the key, and the fuel cap key is not on there. Like, oh, well, I can't open the cap to put the fuel in the van, and the light for the fuel gauge just came on. So I texted him and said, How far can I drive after the light has come on? He said, You've probably got 50 miles in there. I said, Okay, because the key is not on here. I said, You may want to look for the key. We looked for the key, we looked for the key, we looked for the key. Couldn't find the key. Anyway, I was able to get there, get back. Um, but he had planned on driving back to LA that day but now had to address that there was no way to open the fuel tank to put gas in the engine. To put gas in the tank. You don't put gas in an engine specifically. You know what I mean. So he is delayed in his leaving. I was able to do what I needed to do. He was delayed in his leaving. But part of this is the universe working perfectly because in his delay, he ended up staying another night. He's been staying with some uh, long, lifelong friends. Uh, here in town, and they are members at a Presbyterian church here in town, and that night, it was Tuesday night, or was it Wednesday? I don't remember. The night isn't important. The night, he was invited to join them to go volunteer at their church. And here's what is happening at that church, and you may know these stories, because these are, this is happening at multiple churches. There are immigrants who are coming to the border. They are being processed by customs and border patrol. And ICE is basically taking those who pass muster, as opposed to just immediately saying no and turning them away at the border, they're bringing them in and they're dropping them off at the Benedictine sanctuary with no place and no, uh, no, un, no, no, they have nothing. They're, and they're just being dropped off. And so what's happening is there are churches all around town who are going, they're picking up as many as they can take. They're bringing them to their sanctuaries. They are putting them up. They're giving them clothing. They're giving them food. They're giving them housing and they're giving them support in addressing how to get to their sponsors and their sponsors are all over the country. So my father was invited to go volunteer to help serve food that night and it changed his life. And it changed my life. Because he called me the next day. He said, you know, I didn't end up leaving. There's something that I need you to see. And there's something I need you to join me in. And so on Wednesday, it was, it was Wednesday, he and I both went together to help serve food. And I looked at that and I thought, here's a faith community. You can come in, you can come in and sit down. 
Here is a faith community that is living what I think our vision is, which is creating a world that works for everyone. What are we doing? Now, obviously, we don't have the kind of facility that could support that kind of operation. We're just not there yet. But that's the kind of work I think that we as a community can be doing in the world. If we are going to live our vision of a world that works for everyone, we must move beyond our own doors. That's a now what? We've begun. We are, we are a strong community. We have begun. Now what? One thing I am going to do, I'm going to reach out to the pastor of that church. And they have a way of organizing their volunteers. It's all done online. And I'm going to say, I would like our community to be involved in this. And this is a personal choice. I want to be very clear. I'm not saying you have to do this, but I'm going to make it available to say, here's the online resource for volunteering in support of this work. And if you would like to participate, here's how you can do it. I'm going to send that out. In business meetings for many centers, centers for spiritual living, unity centers for any kind of new thought organization. A primary topic that comes up, and I've heard this even in our own leadership council meetings, a primary topic that comes up is marketing and advertising. How do we, how do we get more people? How do we, I mean, let's face it, four, five, seven, eight, nine, ten, we have 11 people in 30 seats, 12, sorry, we have 12 people, 13, we have 13 people, 30 seats. We have room to grow. But the growing is not through saying, come to our center. The growing is through going out and being of service to the community and saying, you know what, I represent the New Thought philosophy. My center is Tucson New Thought, and this is how we act in the world. That, for me, is the best form of advertising, because when we are active in the world, we inspire others to join us in that activity. So I'm going to say, I'm going to be out there being more active in the community, doing more in support of people who need the support in this community. That is my commitment. I think we need to step away from thinking we need to get and start living in the principle of giving because that's the law of circulation. As we give, so we receive. We create a unified, harmonious whole. For me, that is the greatest attractor. When we live in integrity, and to live in integrity is to do what we say we are going to do, we attract people to ourselves. We can be a community that breaks that cycle that other centers in some way are living of thinking they need to go out and get. And, I, and I'm not, I, I don't want to come off as, and I am, I'm, I'm coming off as being critical of other centers. And that's not my intention. I just want to be very clear that I have a vision for this center and what this center can be in the world. And I think that we can take it to the next step. We can evolve in spirituality. It's why we are a center for spiritual evolution. Here we stand. Here we stand. We are a community of light and love. Let us commit to taking our community into the world, stand up in sacred service to others. That, for me, is the power of new thought. Namaste. Thank you for listening. Visit TucsonNewThought.org for updates on everything that's happening at the center. 
And follow us on Facebook and Instagram by searching Tucson New Thought. Namaste.